We're the Valentins. And we are passionate about people. Every human was created for fulfilling relational connection. But that's not always what comes easiest. We know this because of our wide range of personal experience, as well as our years of working with people. So we're going to crack open topics like dating, marriage, family, and parenting to encourage, entertain, and equip you for a deeply fulfilling life of relational health. All right, man. Here we go. Yes. Welcome back, everybody, to Dates, Mates, and Babies with the Valentins. This is one of our favorite things we get to do each week. And today, in particular, we just have the special treat of having two really great friends of ours in the room recording a podcast with us. Rich and Libby Gordon are legendary. We're both smiling really big. I know. Legendary leaders in our Bethel Reading environment and just delightful friends. And so I'm going to let them introduce themselves, guys, just to let our listeners get to know you a tiny bit. Maybe tell us about yourself. Tell us about your family, what you guys do for work, etc. Okay, great. So good to have you. Hi, yeah. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This honestly feels because we're in a similar season of life right now, mm-hmm. and we um, all we both have we all have toddlers. Yes, yes. thank you. Husbands <laughs> and wives married yeah. with the same children. Um, <laughs> we and so. I guess this feels like a long-awaited hangout that we it haven't does. had oh, yet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I know. Disclosure so for the it. listeners. We had to cancel a pre-Christmas hang because oh, Christmas yes. week Real is just life. bananas. Yeah. Anywho, here we yes, are. I'm We're hanging that. out. Yeah. Yeah, so um, uh, we grew up in South Africa. That's uh, that's why our accent is a little funny. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. You're hearing an accent right now? Yeah, so I grew up in Durban, true. South Africa, and... Uh, uh, I did not grow up Christian, if that's the, um, if you guys are wondering. So my, I'm the first, kind of first generation in my family, and the Libby was the same. She was actually born in America. Yeah, I have some differences for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You born in America uh-huh. and then grew up in South Africa. Grew up in South Africa, yeah. yes, for sure. So I lived in the States until I was like seven. So we're bringing some cultural, um, we're bringing some cultural flair to you guys today. Surely. To our <laughs> listeners, you are welcome for that. Yes. Um, we're going to hear so much about Rich and Libby's story. Honestly, they're, they have a really incredible story. Um, before we launch into that, though, maybe tell everybody kind of like what you do for work and how many kids okay. you have and tell us about yourself now. Okay. And then we'll work backwards. For sure. Okay. So um, <laughs> we've been married for 13 years. This is the 14th. Ooh. Wow. 14th. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, babe. Good. And uh, we have two kids and Richie and I both work um, here in Reading, Bethel Church. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am... Oh, our jobs change. Um, we serve <laughs> the same church. Um, I am currently um, the associate overseer for our online church. Um, I've just a couple months ago um, moved to decrease my hours and really just enjoying another department and part of our world. So that's super fun. And we both serve on our senior leadership team here at Bethel and get to do fun things like speak and mm-hmm. teach in our schools mm-hmm. and on Sundays. And um, Rich is, you have a good title. Yes. My you have a title. good That's title, right. legit. Please, babe, you have legit. to release the title. My title. Not <laughs> many people know Rich's official keeps, title. Keeps changing. Uh-huh. So, As you keep taking on responsibilities. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think my current one is spiritual director. No, no, no. Chief. Spiritual Chief Spiritual Officer. Thank you, God. Wow. I don't, yeah, of uh, Bethel College. Yeah, because it's tertiary okay. edu- or like college yes. education, it has to have some official 
So you know, like a, I always like a chief, like a CEO. Yeah, CSO. So, but now he's a CSO because it's a Christian <laughs> college. Incredible. <laughs> I'm Incredible. sure it'll change next month. No, it will so. not. And then I hope that our online leader, online school. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then do. I just, my, I'm privileged to be known for uh, leading people in encounters with Jesus. Yes. So that is, mm-hmm. yes. that would be the, my favorite rumor that would get spread about me. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's yeah. really fun because most people who know you, um, both of you, would see you from the stage or, you know, they've been to mm-hmm. an encounter or conference. whatever yeah. conference mm-hmm. that you've spoken at, but they don't know that you guys are two incredible leaders. Oh, and, thanks. <clears throat> yeah, brilliant. Rich, you're brilliant. And Libby, you are too. How you guys come in and lead and organize the departments that, that you're a part of is just awesome. So yeah. we get Thanks. to see behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, if I was creating a team, you guys would, I'd be like, oh my gosh. I have to have Rich and Libby on there. Yeah, oh. so not, two of not, the most dynamic. Yeah, this. not because of the spiritual side, but that's oh, there. <laughs> but because of like your actual leadership. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. It's awesome. Wow. Very dynamic yeah. leaders wow. mm-hmm. in okay, our presence good. today. Okay, guys. Wow. Thanks. We're so glad yeah. you came here today. <laughs> um, but beyond, honestly, beyond the, the workload that they mm-hmm. carry and the roles that they have here in our environment, um, they're raising a beautiful family yeah. and they have and enjoy a beautiful mm-hmm. marriage, which I, my favorite people to hang out with are people that really love their marriage. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like when I, yeah, my favorite people mm-hmm. to spend time with really love their marriage because I think marriage is marriage and building family, specifically parenting, I think are two of the hardest things totally that are in our job descriptions. Yeah. So tech, you can't control it. <laughs> it's really hard. <laughs> and, um, you know, you're with them for life. It's just like such a long time to mm-hmm. be with somebody. Um, and so I love hanging out with people that genuinely love and enjoy their marriage and care oh. deeply about it. And so we do. Yeah. So you guys us. enjoy and love building family together. Totally. And I'm glad for our listeners to hear a little bit about your story today because each person's story and journey and family mm-hmm. history is so different. Wow. Yeah. What you're building today, somebody could walk in to your home, which I've been in, and see the thriving bouncing children and the beautiful space mm-hmm. and home you've created and the intentionality that you bring. And they wouldn't know anything about like what it's cost you to get where you are today or what you've walked through to get there. And I think each person, honestly, in the, in the journey of building a marriage and building a family, everybody has to walk through some measure of totally. struggle to get, yeah. to attain the, the beauty and the richness that mm-hmm. you're both enjoying. And so anyways, I think it's a privilege that we'd get to hear a little bit about that journey from you guys today. Yeah. So yes, yeah, start us wherever you like, and mm-hmm. ultimately we'll land somewhere in, you know, what it's been for you to build the family that you're raising. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, um, I also thought really important, we can probably touch on that a little bit later, but a key thing Richie does as well is um, he travels actually a ton, or at least you travel once a month, Um, and navigating that. um, But I, uh, and that's been a story probably of itself, so we can touch on that, um, of how we navigate that as family, and a husband and wife, and and kids, and all those beautiful things. but yeah, it, it totally has. A, a ton, our life is super on purpose yeah. <laughs> and very intentional. Yeah. Um, I, I, 
I don't know if there's anything that I find really beautiful or super valuable in our lives that we kind of bumped into. If I look back in our journey, I think uh, those were really intentional decisions, maybe some very unglamorous times Uh and hard decisions. Um, And then now I kind of feel like there's a ton of harvest of us living in the fruit of it where it does feel unconscious and um, we can just enjoy and live and some of the things that we had to work really hard for now just happen yeah so that feels fun yeah I um I was born into um uh, a really talented really gifted family um my dad was studying um his master's in law at Tulane University in New Orleans and um that brought my parents to the states and I was raised in Pasadena until I was about seven years old and my parents got separated uh, during that time mm. and my mom um ended up remaining um and, and heading to South Africa of course, where she was raised and the support structures and the family and friends. And I remained there until we moved um, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 10 years ago um, to come to Reading um, in California. And, uh, and and since then was raised uh, probably from, oh, I think, maybe up until 13 years old. We I had moved with my brother um Gosh, maybe like 16 times wow. Um, wow. from when I was seven up until about that age. Wow. Um, as my parents just navigated what they would do in their journey and in our family, um, they remained married um, for a few decades, but probably about every year they would, you know, separate for some time Um over those few decades and so although we remained as a unit um there Mm. was definitely Mm. some unsettledness and I definitely developed a real association with performing for love Mm. from a super Mm. young age I can look back now and remember I had a gorgeous um teacher when I was in second grade Uh and we had an arrangement with the teacher that her name was Miss Cousins. She was so divine. (laughs) And uh, for me to do my worksheets, I would have to sit on her lap and have her reassurance for me as a second grader to finish my worksheets because I would just, any time... I felt like I was being measured oh, or, wow. you know, even had to fill in worksheets as a little child. I would just cry and have like wow. high, high anxiety. Wow. And um, and definitely, you know, navigated that um, in my own journey. Um, from a really young age, I, I had a lot of, a lot of anxiety and um, didn't feel that like deep sense of security. I definitely know both of my parents like all of us, try the best with what they're given. I, uh, my family was nominally Catholic, so kind of we, I went to catechism, but only picked up a few things, right? Because when we kids, yeah. we watch our parents' actions yeah. more, or people, yeah. or the leaders in our lives more than what they say. Absolutely. So we went to, you know, uh, church maybe like once a year on Christmas or like Easter um and so I remember picking up a few things about God but kind of the things about like 
you know, Old Testament, going to the altar. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Some of the those scary, scary things. things. Yeah. And kind of equated that. I always believed in God. And I, I always knew, um, I saw examples around me somehow. I, I have a good recognition of a few marriages, like my friend's parents that I really appreciated or going into their homes as friends and feeling safe or enjoying it. But I always thought uh, from a young age, God helps certain people mm. and he mm. chooses to not help others. So yeah. I always looked at other people and thought, oh, God's helping them. Mm. But... Uh, as for kind of me and my family, I'm going to have to just make it work wow. or be wow. super brave. Yes. And and my mom is so vivacious and just so divine and she's amazing. She was a high school teacher while I was growing up. My dad practiced law and um, she would train me even. I remember when I was young to kind of control my breath when I was crying so that I could stop crying mm. so I wouldn't kind of evoke any other situations and I could function in school and so it was like a party trick that I could be so stressed or so wow. you know inundated with emotion but I could really I could from an outside perspective again Nobody like would performing know. I could control mm. like my facial features or like my breathing and it was her you know trying her absolute best because mm -hmm. she didn't want me to be held back <clears throat> by anything but really did I out of that developed some really unhealthy um uh I was very high functioning I would say mm -hmm. I could have a ton going on <laughs> but I could show up get the good marks you know make the speech do the you know, sports race, um, but then in turn to be in a lot of pain. And I found the Lord when I was a teenager wow. in a really radical way. And ever since then, it was so radical for me when I realized that God loved me and wanted nothing in return, mm. that it was so shocking to me. And I so resonated with that. I'd been longing for that wow. sense of like unconditional love yes. for so long um, and from a young age, um, found Jesus, gave my life to the Lord, had just a really incredible moment of realizing how real God was. And then from like day two, accidentally fell into going to a home group. And I'd say that was super formative mm. for me mm. and never like looked back. Wow. I got really discipled well, I'd say. Wow. And Amazing. Brought into people's homes and yes. things like that. And then had um yeah amazing journey of um seeing my family slowly different family members coming to the lord and um but yeah it got really hot i think in our family home after i became a christian things didn't necessarily get better in my family mm. i'd say yeah. things got tougher uh -huh. <laughs> for sure and having to navigate that yeah, yeah. so yeah that'd be some of that journey yeah um yeah we made for college sure. you know i i mean She's a sign and a wonder. She didn't c come up in the most perfect of home, but mm -hmm. she is one of the most incredible people I've ever met in my life. Yeah, yeah. So Same. And, and definitely, <laughs> I mean, I definitely <clears throat> learned amazing things from my home of work ethic, and mm -hmm. um, my mom is super loving and affectionate and um, loving. 
reading the newspaper. I remember my dad always used to read the newspaper and I really yeah. wanted to connect with him. Uh-huh. So I got into this habit and I still do it to this still day. Like today. every morning yeah. I want to read the newspaper. Wow. Oh, I love that. Affairs and like some really fun She's a stuff. genius on pop culture. That's amazing. She knows everything about pop culture. No, not everything. Hey. <laughs> I'm but out you are of it now. I'm in a different season. But of you life. are the resident expert. You are the expert. Oh, she things. is. Okay. Rich, take, Your us, life. take us through a little bit about how you grew up. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think uh, just the thought is it's so weird sitting here and talking about our upbringing and that it would actually help people. It's yes. so fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. You know, the decisions oh, yes. you make as a, a young man in quiet. Yes. You never think they would be put on display in mm, public and true. it would make an impact. Mm, and real. you start realizing crazy that the most impactful moments in your life often aren't the most public moments in your life. Yeah, yeah that's right. It's real. Yeah, so uh, people often look at our marriage and be like, wow, you guys love each other so much. This is, this is like, you guys are just... So the, the feedback we probably get most would yes. be... Um, I love the way you uh, lead people to Jesus and we love your marriage. But we don't actually speak on marriage much mm. more. No. But that would be the, like, your marriage has impacted so, me. And I had so much fear around marriage. I was never so going to get married. Even when I became a Christian, <gasps> wow. I totally spiritualized my dysfunction. I was going to, you know, yeah. count for Jesus. She's going to be a martyr. Well, uh, maybe I still, still will Maybe be. she still will be. Um, <laughs> not under my watch. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I really was like, I'm not going to get married, you know, reading Paul's letters of singleness. Yes. Uh, but that was totally, scared. totally scared. self-protecting. So yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Okay, you, babe. Yes, I grew up uh, South Africa. I've got uh, two older brothers and a younger sister. Um, I grew up uh, in a home where my mom and dad love each other so much. Dude. Every morning they would go and have coffee together mm-hmm. in uh, in our garden, and that would oh. be they were definitely each other's best friends. Mm-hmm. Oh. I always uh, thought in the beginning of our marriage you were going to leave me because that was like kind of a normal thing. And you thought I was crazy because you'd still to my, this day yeah, your parents are parents. together. You're like that never even enters my mind. And I'm like <laughs> I think about it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Yeah, so it's so interesting. Like it's just not in my framework yeah. at all to yeah. con- to think, uh, you know, separation Opt out yeah. is uh, because I just watched two, a mom and a dad who mm-hmm. they they were each other's best friends. Oh. They had found through the pain in their journey, they had found um, <clears throat> a peace in each other. Wow. And still to this day, they are best wow. friends. They it's oh, it's really it's beautiful. Uh, yeah, so I grew up not in a, a Christian home. I, I grew up in a, a very educated background. Mm. My dad's got six degrees. My mom's got four degrees. Whoa. My brother now has a double master's and a PhD, and my sister's wow. got a PhD. And so I'd be the least educated, and I've got a, a <laughs> master's degree in engineering. Wow. Oh, wait, I am the least educated. <laughs> and uh, I and yeah. so I, I wouldn't say um, knowledge was a god, but I would say... We were uh, raised to really think and to really like uh, to really consider and uh, ponder. And, and my mom would always say uh, the Greeks would never end a thought with a full stop; it would always be a comma because they would sit mm. on oh, concepts for years wow. before verbalizing them or penning them, so that there was some depth to it. Whereas this generation, 
often just like as soon as a thought comes to them, they speak it out. Yes. Or they write it down and they post it. And so we were raised in that kind of very like deep thoughts. <laughs> yeah. Um, but growing up, I, I was definitely not socially, uh, I was very insecure, very uh, like broken little kid and struggled with suicide from the age of eight to about 18. Wow. Oh, wow. Uh, had about one or two friends just kind of growing up. I remember I would mimic people hoping that they would like me. Mm -hmm. uh, just to kind of give you context of this little broken little kid. And I remember we had a, a sleepover with my one or two friends. And I remember the friends said, you know, wouldn't it be amazing? We must have been about 15 or something. Wouldn't it be amazing if like we had girlfriends? And I said, it would be amazing just if we had a girl that was a friend. That's <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Wow. Um, and how I actually came to know the Lord is that a girl spoke to me at a New Year's party. And I thought this was a miracle. This oh, my like, goodness. <laughs> God That's uses amazing. all things sweet. <laughs> and, and it was not me. But and then I remember she asked me, so I'm first like, I'm like, what? A girl is speaking to me. I'm having an out-of-body experience. You're too cute. <laughs> and then she asked me if I was Christian. And I said, oh so God. of course I'm Christian. And she said, well, how do you know? And I said, because I'm a white person. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah babe, so, that's racist. Well, <laughs> in South Africa, wrong, we yes. call it the Rainbow Nation. We mm -hmm. have a multitude of colors and culture. Yeah, and, and in my head, growing up, I thought, you know, if you were white, you were Christian. You were Christian. If you were Indian, you were either you were Hindu. Hindu yes. Yes. If you were very light-skinned Indian, then, then you must be Muslim. Yes. And if you were black, you were either Pentecostal Christian or you were African traditional. Yeah. Oh. Thank you, God, so, for your education and riches love. Right. <laughs> so I just had no clue. Yeah. I had no clue no about clue. the gospel story. about, And so obviously the conversation didn't go so well yeah. after this. Uh, I said I was Christian because I'm white. Yeah. And so I thought <laughs> to impress this girl, I'm going to go to a church. And that's going to get me the second conversation with the girl. Yes, babe. And that's when I walked into this 104-year-old church. Wow. And I walked in the back uh, and people were singing. And it's so fascinating, but it was at the sound of worship wow. that something awoke inside of me. And I said to myself, holy beep, I think mm -hmm. this is real. Wow. And I only heard the gospel later, but it was at the sound of worship that uh, something awoke in me going, this whole God thing is actually real. Wow. I fell desperately wildly in love with the man, Jesus. And uh, I started to slowly transform this kind of like wild, uh, charismatic type of person started to come out as I started to fall in love with Jesus. And I started to feel more secure because I was receiving a love <clears throat> that I'd never received before. Wow. And so I'm suddenly... Like, I was never the, you know, the, the loud type of person in any You're way or, or overly loving type of person, super shy. Mm. Like, I ended up in, uh, working in the engineering space and there was a guy that was working in the same job as me and he said to me, I, I went to school with him. I was in every class with him. And he said to me, oh, I can't even remember that we were at school together. Wow. So we, I, like, we were in the same maths class, English class. You were classes, making a very small science. footprint. <laughs> I was trying to hide yeah. Yeah. from, you know, uh, yeah, I, I was just so fearful of rejection. Yeah. yeah. 
And so after getting loved by Jesus, this mm. wild man started coming out. And I started realizing, oh, there was, uh, that's not the goal, but that's what was being hidden underneath. Wow. And, uh, and, you know, then meeting Libby. We that, met in college. We met in college, yeah. but that, that was a life-changing moment for okay, me. Okay, yes, babe. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I, I, I got saved in this 104-year-old church, and so relatively conservative. And then I met this woman that she would walk in rooms or the atmosphere would change as she would speak. She would put her hand on people and then suddenly people's bodies are getting healed. She would look at people <laughs> and she would know details about their lives, but she'd never met them before. Basically, I knew the Holy Spirit. Well, right. And I was like, what is this magic? And <laughs> it's not magic at all. And, and so I call her the window of the more of God. Mm. And so she became this, this window into what is possible and I remember going to bed the one night, and I think I thought to myself, "There's a scripture unbeknownst to you. Sometimes you entertain angels." And I thought, "Maybe <laughs> she's in an angel <laughs> window of my world. This is an angel that I'm entertaining. Oh my gosh! Uh, giving me a, a little taste of what is possible. Thank wow. you, Jesus, for making me look good. <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> and then you married me and found out I was very normal. I married that angel. <laughs> okay. And now our children are little angels. Mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. yes little They've angels. been no trouble at all. No trouble. <laughs> no trouble no. We have no problems in our lives. No. Uh, but the whole journey and then we of... floated on a cloud. The journey of dating yeah. to marriage yes. was... Everyone's like, wow, you're the most beautiful connection. I'm like, it was a journey. Yeah, for sure. It was a beautiful journey. Can you guys take us through a little bit what it was like when, after you got married and started having kids, like how did your relationship change and what were some of the challenges that you found yourself facing in, like what was, what was having kids like for you guys? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow. I think. uh, (laughs) Transformational. (laughs) I think we had got to a really amazing space um, in our marriage. We had gone through kind of a a ton of situations where we'd walk through together navigating extended family situations Mm. and um, health stuff and moving across the world and all of those things and I remember um, we really felt like were ready and we wanted to have kids and there was uh but you're never really ready you're never really ready no <laughs> you don't <laughs> know what you're asking you can for. always think also of it's reasons true. not to that's true there's never i don't know anyway yeah. out of all my friendship group and us where you have this you know glowing moment where you suddenly feel like oh everything is lined up <laughs> yeah and i may now have children and it's yeah. all perfect no uh and obviously my much less than you, Lauren, but we, I think for about a year and a half or two years, mm-hmm. really tried to have mm-hmm. kids and it had mm-hmm. delayed from kind of the timeline mm-hmm. we had wanted. We yes. wanted to be married for five years, have children. We knew there was a ton of work we needed to do personally yeah. to create a family and a ton of work together to welcome kids into that space uh-huh. where there was a solid foundation and not everyone gets that opportunity yeah. but if we were god willing we wanted to have that first yeah but it ended up moving from five years to nine years yeah because you can't control having children no, no. i know <laughs> you can't wear you know not from the very yeah. beginning mm-hmm. i know and so one thing we were really thankful when i fell pregnant it they, the initial response was immense gratitude. It had finally happened. Yes. Um, and uh, and we had just navigated 
a really kind of heartbreaking and tough situation in our in uh, my extended family and when I fell pregnant I felt immense 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 uh-huh. amount of clarity uh-huh. actually mm-hmm. some decisions wow. I felt hard putting boundaries in mm. for myself mm-hmm. and I'm glad I'd worked at those things to know mm-hmm. I was worth doing that yeah, and good. I had that respect for myself for our marriage put those boundaries in but when I fell pregnant, I felt also this um, this pre- uh, protectiveness yeah. of, of a mother yeah. that actually things that maybe took me longer to put in place were yeah. really easy because now uh, it wasn't just affecting mm-hmm. me, it was going to affect my kids. Yeah. And so I felt so much clarity wow. um, and really felt from the Lord this phrase, um, to prepare a place for this baby mm. and not to live in reaction. And so I knew our lives were way too fast paced for the mm. culture and the atmosphere in our home yeah. that I dreamed of for my family one day. And so I really were, had amazing people in our lives who were way wiser than us and had raised kids. And they gave me advice to dream of not what do you want your children to turn out Hmm. like, because that's outside of your control. You (laughs) can raise them up and influence, but that's their decision. Uh Um, And and to be free of control. Yes. But really to dream of, as far as it depends on us, what is that culture and atmosphere and value in our homes? Mm. And not just what do we say, but what are we doing? Yeah. And so before we even had our first son, which is Moses, I really felt this invitation to have a real shift in our own lives. Yeah. And where Richie and I loved our jobs, we loved traveling, we really enjoyed actually a fast-paced life. I knew in that moment uh, that the season had definitely changed. Slow. slow down. And not, oh, our, and I didn't want to live in reaction of, oh, this is tough on our kids, we have to make a change. Mm. There was something powerful about me deciding before this baby comes into the world, whether wow. it's prophetic or it's just mm-hmm. a declaration of their lives, they are worth, whether they know it or not, they are worth me setting up a space and saying to them before they arrive, a place has been prepared mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we have done that. So I made mm. a big change. Um, in my work, I changed jobs. I was a revival group pastor, um, and I um, decreased um, my hours at work and changed jobs. Mm-hmm. And had said, "Oh, I think I'll take three months maternity leave," which crazily, at the time, in my group of friends, was the longest long. out of all wow. of us. Which is wild in South Africa. <laughs> A totally. year maternity leave yeah. is it's normal. just standard. Yeah. Medically, oh. I think you can only take 12 weeks. So anyway, um, I ended up taking nine months. Um, but a huge thing is I felt this immense amount of clarity, peace, preparation. And we looked at uh, what our community was like, how we built community and, and structure around yes. us and kind of set out those things together. Um and then after I gave birth to our first child, I got a real shock actually because I had all this clarity and felt all this peace and I had a really powerful labor, but there were some things that kind of went south medically. We were in the hospital for longer than I thought. Yeah. And I felt 
so sad. Mm. I felt this wave of like deep sadness Mm -hmm. and what I didn't understand then I now can have language for. I felt really depressed Mm -hmm. and I felt immense amount of anxiety. Mm -hmm. I've been through a ton in my life and I have never, ever experienced that depth of depression and anxiety and I just couldn't get out of it. And on top Mm. of it, I felt so much shame because this is the miracle. This is the moment we've been waiting for. I had all these amazing moments of preparation and dreaming and changing things to get ready not just a physical room but our lives had Uh room and I I I felt like something was wrong with me yeah Yeah. and only on my second child and after amazing um counselor who I luckily had had in my life beforehand so she knew me before yeah um and through her advice and wisdom and leaders in our lives and rich having some real conversation with me I realized I had really severe postpartum depression yeah. uh-huh. but even more than depression I had severe postpartum anxiety wow, wow. just and it definitely affected you in a real way and just really yeah. was like the rug <clears throat> pulled out from under our feet because I was had in my friendship group all of my friends loved the baby stage like they wept when they realized their babies became toddlers totally and I really felt what I imagined was the opposite of everything they were going Mm. through and so that really triggered you too for sure it was really hard yeah yeah Yeah, I mean what was your experience around that yeah I think you know, it was it was this is the happiest moment. Yeah. And then your kid's in hospital, um, and then he's not feeding, mm. and then we're not sleeping. It's crazy. And then Libby's got high anxiety, so she wants me there with her for every feed. So yeah. I'm not yeah. sleeping. Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna do everything I can to like she's my bride. She's the yep. she's like my favorite person in all the world. Man. So I'm gonna do everything I possibly can. So I started taking on way more than I should. Mm. I started doing like everything and staying up with for every feed, sitting mm-hmm. next to her. Mm-hmm. So now I'm hallucinating. I'm losing my. I'm, At one stage, Richard legitimately great hallucinated. Okay, yes, you should. So we sitting. Oh my gosh! And like, <laughs> These are the stories about the newborn days that like. When they happen to you and yeah. you've never heard that this is possible before, yeah. you wonder if you're going to lose your mind forever. And it's then true. you realize like, oh, no, we need to tell Thank these stories you. more often because this is it's way true. more common than we would know. <laughs> Go you ahead, Rich. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> what happened, Rich? <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I remember we sitting, we just, we just getting through it. We're just trying our best. Yeah. And uh, um, I am so sleep deprived. Oh, yeah. I'm sleeping probably three hours a night for three months. Oh mm-hmm. God! because it wasn't just the baby keeping Richard awake; it was me. Yeah. <laughs> totally. And so now I'm anxious as well. Yeah, I'm not of a saint in this. I'm anxious, and, and I remember talking to Libby, and suddenly I'm in the pharmacy down the road, not in the spirit. <laughs> just, wow! <laughs> I am hallucinating. People are like because we're such a spiritual community, they're yeah. like. Wow, do you, you think it was? We're like, no, no it was, was not the Lord. It yeah. was sleep deprivation. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm talking to Libby, but I'm with so her. So yes, this is like three in the morning. The room's like dimly lit because I'm nursing and Moses and <laughs> Rich is sitting on the bed. And I'm talking to her and we're having a conversation. And then suddenly I say to her, 
okay, I'm at the front of the line. I can get the medicine now. And she's like, what do you mean? I said, no, don't worry. There's just a couple people before me and then I'm going to pay. His eyes are open oh. and he's saying this to me. And she's like, I'm worried, Rich. And I'm like, don't worry. I've almost got the medicine. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then and then she, and then I snap out of it. I'm like, that was wild. And I was like, it, babe, baby, you're scaring me. What do you mean you're at the front of the line? You're then, in our room right now. Babe, look at me. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh no. There was another moment I'm sitting with her. Yes. I'm on the couch and <laughs> suddenly I see this. Oh. Stampede of horses run through the room. <laughs> oh, oh, Richard! And I'm like, what is happening? Am I going crazy? His eyes are literally open. Like, oh, oh no! Gosh. Again, not in the spirit. Just no. Like, and and so I remember oh. thinking to myself, I'm not okay. No. Wow. And, and I think we were trying. Thank God that it dawned on us at that time. We were really. I think we were really trying to do it by ourselves in yeah. many ways. Yes. And I had so much shame around my anxiety. Yeah. So much shame. I, I, I would have had, and I did when I finally asked for help. But I actually, I, I don't think, I don't think I left my three months room, like no, our no, house, house, our house three for months. three months. Gosh. And I would come up with the most legitimate excuses, and I didn't even realize. And so Rich would think, "Oh no, this is normal. Or you know, this is normal. You need this." She's hibernating. So, um, she's yeah, nesting. Yeah, she's and you can romanticize that, and well, this is amazing. She's so driven, but she's choosing like to be without mm. kids. I was not. I was not doing well at all. Mm. I I would have from the postpartum anxiety. I, I, for example, would be in the shower and Rich is an amazing, amazing dad and so responsible and he would have Moses. And in the shower, I would hear yeah. Moses can't breathe. And, uh, wow. and I would just hear it so many times. For the first time, I, I couldn't tell the difference between anxiety mm. and God's voice. Wow. Yeah. I had I'd, I'd pastored people through this. I had heard of that. I had a yeah. friend who had gone through it. I never really understood because for me it was so clear the difference. Mm. Yes. But I was so under the waves. I was wow. so deep under. So I would run out the shower and go to Rich and say, babe, Moses can't breathe. You need to check on him. And he would say he's Oh, my, my love, he's in my arms. He's fine. Mm. I can look oh, at him. Wow, and I'd maybe, say, yeah. no, babe, I, the symptoms are probably um, like you, you can't tell, but I know he can't breathe. And Rich is like, no, my hand's on his chest. I can feel his lungs going wow. up and down. I said, no, I, he can't breathe. That that You mustn't like follow what your eyes can see. We need to wake him up. We must wake him up to check if he's oh alive. Oh, and it would happen honey. like every day, like multiple times. Wow. And um, and so I think that was really scary for Rich as well. Oh, yeah. Because he also felt so helpless. I mean, you could speak to that, but that was something we had to navigate where he would go over and above everything he could possibly do. And I just wasn't getting better. Mm. I wasn't feeling safer or more confident. And I think that was really painful for you mm. as well. It's like you couldn't help our well, son and you couldn't help me you guys mm. you guys know me and the way i talk about libby and uh, she's oh. my hero yeah and so she she in many ways is a rock in my yeah. life and as i'm a rock in her life for sure and so now i have this incredible yeah. strong wise like woman in my life that's suddenly yeah. crazy yeah. Like, yeah and i and so now i Acts start doubting myself yeah. i start doubting because she's... He started doubting 
reality, like yeah. truth, because, right? Because he trusts me. Because so I trust her <laughs> so yes. much. Yeah. She's been such a, a, a rock in my journey mm-hmm. as I, yeah. I have for her. So, and then we're in this place of such shame that we're not inviting Anybody people else. in. Whoa. I remember there was one person that was able to come into yeah. the room. That was yeah. it, and it was after like maybe a my month. best friend. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and that was it. And so I start like I start doubting myself and. In many ways, I, I look back and going, oh, wow, I enabled. Yeah, you totally. I enabled did. that mm. to happen. Yeah, I mean, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah, no. right. How did you, okay, how did you get out of it? Yeah. yeah. So um, I definitely looking back, if I was talking to me in my specific situation, yeah. I would tell myself to get on medication. Yeah. So yes. this was something that I couldn't pray away or worship away or have no matter how much help I got it was like a bottomless pit I needed more because it was anxiety it wasn't a lack of help and support or yeah I had you know access to all of that so the first thing was um Rich actually I saw Rich breaking I saw him crying when he Mm. was talking to me and letting me know he couldn't keep, yeah. I mean, even physically, he couldn't keep yeah. this insatiable need I had for, you know, more of his time, more yeah. of him and help and just that. He physically couldn't keep it up. He was really brave and such a beast to tell me like. You say that I was enabling. <laughs> no, but you got to a point where you literally, thank God, like you couldn't. And he said like, babe, I think, yeah. I think that I don't think this is meant to be our experience of this. Yeah. And I think I think you need help. I think we need help. And I know he said it to me in love, but he was really strong. Yeah. And he's like, we can't keep, I just can't keep this up. And in the moment, I was really angry with him. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I, I was really offended that as my husband, he was telling me yeah. like, no. Yeah. And he can't do yeah. that for and me. And this isn't okay or normal. Um, mm-hmm. But I could see in his physicality and his sincerity, like this was serious. And my hallucinations. And his hallucinations. Right. <laughs> and so I took that first step and I invited like, Rich actually did that. I couldn't even do that. If I'm honest, Rich reached out and sent a text to one of my best friends and said, like, can you come and just sit with Libby? And um, she was really great to let me know. She hadn't had kids yet, um, but she had said and had been around enough and probably there was some signs. Um, You know, they were like thoughts like I felt unworthy, like to even brush my teeth. Mm. Uh, some of it like I, I was like oh no I'm not I don't feel like I'm good enough to even mm. do it was like it got really really dark I started thinking like I'm better off if and that's yeah. where I spoke that out to her yeah. I felt like started feeling like mm. suicidal even mm-hmm. yeah. which is so scary to say oh yeah um, you know so I've helped so many people through this yeah. I know it from when I was a child I've walked through this but it was those thoughts of like if I remove myself from the situation my child will be better rich will be better and wow. and just having people thankfully in my life yes. who held up a mirror and was like Libby this, this is, is not this is not okay yeah. like mm. You don't need you. You don't need to do time. this, and um, and so um, she and Rich reached out. Luckily, I'd gone for counselling and I had amazing counsellor yes. for just our work and my yes. life previously. And I couldn't leave the house, and mm. I thank God for her. She's so amazing. Um, she graciously 
came to my house mm. and said this, I don't want to talk to you on the phone, Libby. I need to see you. Yeah. Because you can tell me the things you can yeah. be okay on a phone call. Yeah. Just like put your FaceTime on. Let me see your face. How are you doing? Actually, I need to come into your home. And um, so every Saturday she would come for an hour to my home and I couldn't leave my room and she would come and sit on the couch and she would just reflect back to me what is normal, what's not. So I ended up having uh, our counsellor be really instrumental. I didn't end up taking medication during that postpartum phase. I wish I had. That was a decision I made really quickly into the pregnancy of my second child. Mm -hmm. Had a night and day experience oh, wow. of still difficulty, still navigating, having to do the work, but that it really took me out of that dark space yes. and gave me the physical support yeah. I needed yeah. to decipher yeah. what is the Lord and what's oh. not. And that was the game changer for me. I, that yes. was what I needed yes. was to get on the right anti-anxiety, mm-hmm. anti-depression. Mm-hmm yeah medication yes in that season I'm really thankful this is this is so helpful because as you have distinctly articulated today those postpartum depression and anxiety bouts they don't just affect you it affect wildly affected your husband it affects the experience of raising your family it is really hard to start out that way but it's such a common experience for so many women so many families this is this is the journey and it's never what you desire it's not what you've planned for you have like you said there's often tons of shame and guilt that's associated with having those postpartum depression and anxiety seasons. Mm -hmm. So for people listening today, I just want to say like we release absolute redemptive hope over you. If that has been your story in a postpartum season, you, your portion is grace for that. And I think when the storyline is different than we anticipate or expect or desire, we just have to know that Jesus is going to be so kind to take Mm -hmm. us into a space where he helps us see that there's purpose even in the storyline being different. There's something um, empowering and something freeing that happens when the story goes different than planned and we have to lean in to him. And so we release the grace to lean in to the father over anybody listening today that might have struggled with postpartum or or might be struggling with postpartum. And we just release so much permission over these listeners to pursue help the way that their Mm -hmm. wise counsel would have them go. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we just ask for the leadership of the Holy Spirit in the lives of these families that are, goodness sakes, so many people affected Mm -hmm. by postpartum anxiety and depression. I don't know about you, Libby, but that's not something that I had been told much about before. Like I really, nobody had really shared any details with me about that. So- I know that that's relatable. Guys, thank you thank so you much for, for sharing, you today. guys. Thanks Y'all are so us. awesome. Thank Such you. a privilege. We appreciate you. Everybody listening, thanks so much for joining us. We just invite you to like and subscribe to the podcast if it's been helpful to you. Share it. Leave us a review. That's always really helpful. And we love doing Q&A sessions every now and then with um, questions that you have sent us. We love knowing that we're answering your questions. So feel free to reach out on social media. We'd love to hear from you. Everybody have such a good week and we'll see you next time. Bye.